Welcome to Executive Leaders Radio. In this hour, you'll hear directly from our region's finest business leaders. Through each of the interviews, these high-achieving leaders become relatable role models who share how they were able to build their enterprise, their personal secrets of success, about leadership styles and opportunities that lie ahead. Prepare to be inspired and entertained and to hear wisdom unheard elsewhere. Executive Leaders Radio. You're listening to Executive Leaders Radio, broadcast from the law offices of Pretoria Law in Tysons, Virginia. This is your host, Herb Cohen, with my co-host, Brian Chandler, Pretoria Law, Julie, Matt, Cressa, and Mark Edward, Hertzbach and Company. like to uh, introduce our guests today. They include Crystal Eisenhower, CEO of Aperio Mix, Paul Batista, CEO and founder of Brothers Paving and Concrete, Joe Basile, managing partner of Spectrum Careers, and Joe DePalma, co-founder and partner of Punch Digital Strategies. I'd like to introduce our first guest, Crystal Eisenhower, CEO of Aperiomix. Crystal, what is Aperiomix? What are you guys doing? Aperiomix is changing everything about how infections are being identified. We can identify all known infections. That's every bacteria, every virus, every parasite, every fungus in one test. Mm-hmm. Um, how'd you get involved with, how'd you get a job at this company? I co-founded the company with three co-founders that are Mm -hmm. professors at George Washington University. And where are you from originally? Originally, I'm from West Texas. Uh Uh-huh. How many brothers and sisters do you have? I'm an only child. You're an only child. Uh Uh-huh. Brian? What do you have there? Crystal, you displayed an early interest in science correct yes. in your youth. You want to tell us a little bit about that and, and where did you, how did you first develop that and how did it manifest itself? So I, I really developed my, my interest in biology and healthcare when spending a lot of time with my grandmother growing up. She was always very ill and the traditional healthcare system that she was in didn't have the, the answers to be able to, to figure out what was wrong with her and why she was in so much pain. And so I, I watched her go through that and Um, when they couldn't help her they eventually told her and and my whole family that there was nothing wrong with her how did that make you feel I felt very confused because I knew that there was something wrong with my grandmother I could see that she was in pain and they just didn't have the right tools to be able to figure it out you think that had any effect on your career absolutely like what that was what drove me to college to you know, become pre-med, to go to grad school and, and become a, a, a research scientist. Mm-hmm. Brian, what other questions but, you got? Well, Crystal, did you do your own research when, you, when your grandmother was ill? Were you looking at it? We're looking at, hey, I wonder if the doctors are correct about this or they're wrong about that. Well, I was very young, so not specifically, but just watching how she interacted with the healthcare team as I got older, she wanted me to take her to the doctor. And so I, I just spent a lot of time observing what was going on between her and her healthcare team. Now, did you read a lot about science as a, as a child? I did, yes. And, and what, what was your favorite book? <laughs> what was your favorite book when you were a kid? My favorite book was the set of encyclopedias. And you sat down and read them through? I did. My mom would, would, would find me sometimes sitting in my closet reading an encyclopedia. In the mm-hmm. closet. And uh, tell, us a li- tell us a little bit about mom and dad. What was going on with mom and dad? Uh, so it was mainly just my mom and I. She had married and divorced a couple of times as I grew wait, up. Wait, what do you mean she married and divorced a couple of times? She... How young were you when mom uh, got divorced the first time? So the first time I was a year and a half. How so about the second time? Three. And how about the third time? Five. So through the course of your young childhood, mom got divorced a couple of times. What do, how do you think that affected you? I think it really pushed me to be independent. Mm-hmm. What would you, you learn from those experiences? Anything to do about building a business? About people, drive, what was that? I, it, it really taught me that it didn't matter what other people thought. I didn't need validation from other people. I needed to chart my own path and, and make my own way in the world. What's that have to do with this business? We are changing everything about the medical system, and that's not an easy thing to do. So we are oftentimes completely upending conventional wisdom, regulatory rules. And so just like uh, what was going on with your grandmother where nobody had the answer and you knew there was one, and just like the fact that mom got divorced a couple of times, there was a lot of confusion and stuff. You're trying to figure stuff out. That's really what's led you into doing what you're doing nowadays, isn't it? Yes. Mark? Hi, Crystal. 
when you were between eight and 14, what were you spending your time on outside school? Mostly band. Band? What yes. were you doing in the band? <laughs> I was being the, the stereotypical band geek. What does that mean? I was not the popular girl in school. I was very interested in music and um, ended up becoming the drum major for the last two years of high school. So bands have lots of people. Yes. And, and you were leading them? Yes, I was. And you enjoyed the leading of them? I did. I did. I, I think I was, I was, I think I was fairly good at it. Was that, that, was that typical of the drum major to lead all the other kids? Yes, in in the this the the band that we were in, we had tr- two drum majors that were chosen for each year. Uh-huh, why? To have a peer that uh-huh. inspired the rest of the the students. So you were inspiring. You were organizing all the other kids. Mark, what was your next question there? So when you weren't in band, you spent time with Pancho. Who was Pancho? Pancho. <laughs> Pancho was my was my best friend growing up. He was a miniature Welsh pony. And we, we went on great adventures together. So he was a horse and you spent a lot of alone time with him. Yes. So part of the time you were in this huge band and leading it and the rest of the time you were with your horse alone. How yes. does that, why did you do those things? Yeah, and how does that describe who you are nowadays? I think it really speaks to my independence and mm-hmm. being able to chart my own path and go in my own direction and not needing other people around me to validate what I'm doing. And on the other hand, you know how to lead the team as you were with the drum major. Yes. Uh-huh. Julie, what are you thinking there? Come up with that microphone. Um, to identify all known infections is a tall order. So how do you maintain a learn-it-all beginner mindset so that you can continuously look for new and innovative solutions in your field? So one of the things we do is, is we're basically opening up Pandora's box. We are able to see things that no one else in the world can see and no one else in the world has been able to see. And in order to do that, you really have to have an open mind. You have to be open to the possibilities that maybe we don't know everything. Maybe what we thought we knew, we don't. So on one hand, you're comfortable cutting out your own turf and you don't need external validation. On the other hand, you know how to keep you know how to keep listening and keep questioning all the time, don't you? Yes. It's like the drum major who was involved with the group and leading the group as well as, you know, riding your horse as a kid. Yes. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Do you wh- wh- what do you like about your gig? What do you like about what you do for a living? I love the fact that I can use my skill set to pull together a team that can change people's lives. And we do this every day. Is your grandmom still around? Unfortunately, no. She passed away how do some you think time ago. How do you think she'd feel if she knew what you were doing nowadays? She would be so proud of me. Why? Because it was really, she, she encouraged me very much to go into medicine. And she would be so proud to see that not only am I doing something in healthcare, but I'm doing something that helps people like her. Do you think she realized, do you think she would realize the effect she had on you? I think she would. Mm-hmm. How about mom? My mom is very proud of me. Mm-hmm. She's very honored that I talk about my grandmother and how she inspired me to do what I do. What was your mom's role regarding, uh, you know, Brian asked you a question about your favorite book, and earlier you were talking about you didn't have one set of encyclopedias, you had two. <laughs> what was your mother's role with those encyclopedias? Uh, she, well, one of them was a Christmas gift from her for me. For Christmas, yes. as opposed to getting a toy, you got encyclopedias. Yes, I did. How'd you feel about that? Uh, I was excited. <laughs> You were excited about getting encyclopedias for Christmas. How old were you? I think I was 12. And you were 12 years yes. old, huh? Uh-huh. And uh, so what, what else, what other effect did your mom have on your life? My mom is a very strong woman. She and my grandmother both were. And she was always there pushing me to do more, to you know, maintain my grades, to excel at anything I decided to do. Uh-huh. Do you intend to retire? No. Uh, boy, that's a pretty quick answer. I mean, I, the American dream is, you know, you, you make you make a lot of money and you go watch TV or, you know, you go to Florida or something at the age of 62. That's not what you want to do? No, I, I believe I was put on this earth to do what I do. What do you mean? I, I was put on this earth to change it and to have a, a lasting impact on it through the team that I've put together and through the, the work that we're doing. And, and you I got... And you got that inspiration from mom giving you the encyclopedias and from your grandmother being... How young were you when your grandmother was not feeling well? From birth. 
she so, was sick my entire life. Uh huh. So you so this so this grandmother having this healthcare issue really gave you the interest in solving the problem, and that ability you have to pull together a team as a drum major really is allowing you to pull together the business, isn't it? Yes. Mm-hmm. What's the best part of your day? What do you enjoy the most? What I enjoy the most is when one of our patients calls or emails us and tells us that we have saved their life or that we have I thought you were going to tell me about them. making a lot of money. <laughs> no. <laughs> no? Isn't that why you started the business? No, that's not. Why'd you start the business? To change the world. What's the website address of this organization? Aperiomics.com. How do you spell that? How do you d- d- spell that out for everybody? A-P-E-R-I-O-M-I-C-S.com. Let me have that one more time. Take it slow. A-P-E-R-I-O-M-I-C-S.com. We've been speaking with Crystal Eisenhower, CEO of Aperiomix, here on Executive Leaders Radio with my co-host Brian Chandler, Pretori Law, Julie Matt, Cressa, and Mark Edward Hertzbach and Company. Don't forget to visit our website. It's executiveleadersradio.com to learn more about our executive leaders. Executiveleadersradio.com. We'll be back in a moment right after this break. And your name and organization is? My name is Jennifer Rose. I'm with the Central Fairfax Chamber of Commerce. What's your role there? I do everything. Technically, I'm the executive director, but um, I, I, I run the whole shop by myself. So tell me a little bit about the kind of diversity of duties you have on a daily basis. Well, I start by checking the voicemail, answering phone calls, emails, membership inquiries, planning education um, opportunities, uh, answering questions from entrepreneurs about where they can get information on financing their business. When I walk into the office, I never know what to expect. How many folks are in the office? One. All right, so you're, you are the person in the office. You are the individual staffing the Central Fairfax Chamber of Commerce. Let me ask you a question. Where are you from originally? I was born in Roanoke, Virginia. And tell me, how young were you when you were involved with doing everything? Uh, from birth. Tell us a little bit about that. What are you talking about? I've always been very strong-willed and independent. Um, both of my would, parents mm-hmm. working class. How did that show up, 8 to 14 years old? Oh, started early in Girl Scouts and 4-H. And Give us an example. Um, I was uh, one of the first members of our little junior scout troop um, that put together a little clown group. We put makeup on and we go to the Ronald McDonald House and entertain the families And what there. was your role in that group? I wanted to do it, so we did it. So you're the one who comes up with ideas and pulls people around it. Isn't that something along the lines of what you're doing at the Central Fairfax Chamber of Commerce, coming up with ideas and pulling people around the ideas? Yes, absolutely. I come up with the ideas and I make the connections with other people to um, make things happen, to oh. provide value and benefit to our members. Uh-huh. What's the website address of the Central Fairfax Chamber of Commerce? CFCC.org. Let me have that one more time. CFCC.org. And your name again is? Jennifer Rose. And your, and your title? Executive Director. Of the Central Fairfax Chamber of Commerce. And your name and organization is? Chelsea Rutherford, Capital Careers. And, and what do you guys do for a living? We are a staffing firm that specializes in the placement of HR and recruiting professionals in the D.C. metro. Uh-huh. And wh- wh- what do you find meaningful about your job? I love that I have the ability to help people make one of the most important decisions uh, in their life, their career. Uh-huh. How young were you when you started making money? Probably five. Doing what? So I had a lemonade stand, but uh-huh. my take on it was I delivered door-to-door instead of making them come to me. So no matter what you did, it was you always put a little twist to it. What was your second business? My second business, um, it was called This, That, and More. I would um, effectively go through my grandmother's basement and uh-huh. help her organize by taking away items and then would resell them to people I thought would like them. So you're the kind of lady that comes up with ideas and like gets and likes getting stuff done, huh? I do. Whose idea was this business? Was this your idea or somebody else's idea? This was mine. Uh-huh. And uh, did you bring anybody else in to give you a hand with it? I did. Why would you bring somebody else in to give you a hand with it? Why not just keep all the money yourself? (laughs) I think I still have a lot to learn, so I always value kind of surrounding myself with others that have been more successful in the seat. Um, It's it's been a great partnership. So you're telling me that you don't think you're the smartest person around, that you like learning from (laughs) other people. And, And what do you enjoy about your job? Let me have that again. I find it very fulfilling to get to impact others' life in such a great manner. Like who? Like who are you talking about? Um, I mean, it can be from an injury level, recent grad that's kind of looking for their role in life to an executive that's, you know, making a huge impact in an organization with tons of people. Mm -hmm. What's the website address of your company? 
capitalcareers.com, and that's C-A-P-I-T-O-L-C-A-R-E-E-R-S.com. Let me have that one more time. It's capitalcareers.com. Yes. And your name again is? Chelsea Rutherford. And you're the managing partner of Capital Careers here on Executive Leaders Radio. We're back. You're listening to Executive Leaders Radio. This is your host, Herb Cohen. We'd like to introduce Paul Batista, who's CEO and founder of an organization known as Brothers Paving and Concrete. Paul, what is Brothers Paving and Concrete? What are you guys doing? We're the premier asphalt and concrete site contractor in the D.C. metro area. And how large or how small is the team? We've got uh, 140 employees and uh, just a little over $30 million in, in top-line revenue. Wow, this is a nice-sized business. And where are you from originally? Originally from Buffalo, New York. My father relocated to uh, Northern Virginia. He was in the Marines. Why did you guys relocate? Uh... Quantico, Virginia. Uh-huh. Why? Home is where the Marines send you, I guess. Uh-huh. How many brothers and sisters do you have? Older brother and uh, younger sister. And what was going on with your older brother? Uh, special needs. He, um, mm-hmm. What do you mean? Handicapped. Uh, so, you know, he grew up in an environment where he had to have special schooling, and, and uh, they had something here in Northern Virginia that... that uh, How do you think your brother, your older brother with special needs affected you? What did that do to you? Well, I, I think I have a... I guess a better, clearer understanding that, you know, some, some people's challenges are born with. They don't choose them, you know. Don't, uh-huh. Don't be too judgmental or too hard on people. Okay, so you grew up with a brother with special needs. Did other kids tease him and stuff like that? Yeah, he had a lot of that going on. How'd that make you feel? Uh, you know, you, you can be pretty insecure at times. You know, you go out as a family. It's you're just not sure how the, whole, the general public's going to react. Uh-huh. How's that having an effect on you building this business? Uh, I th- you know, I think I approach it more on a personal level. What do you mean? Uh, you know, it's relationships, and I want to get to know people, and I don't really harp on what their weaknesses are. You try to grow their strengths, I think. Wait a minute. You're telling me that your brother, uh, because he had some issues, if you would go out in public, sometimes there might be some ridicule or some teasing, and that, th- that did what to you? It helped you become sensitive to people and not being judgmental? Yeah, it did. You just... He was born with it. He didn't choose it. But I thought I thought business was all about judgment. Well, yeah, I mean, you've got to, it's all about choices, you know. So you're looking at people for their strengths. You're trying to figure out who people are and where they fit onto the team for their strengths. Right. You're not looking to put people down. No, build them up, coach them up. Because, because that's what happened to you as a kid with your brother. If anything, that's what you don't want to have happen, isn't it? Right. You want to use people for their strengths. You want to figure out what people's real strengths are, Mark. Paul, what was your relationship with your mother? Uh, you know, my mother was pretty successful. Um, she's very involved with um, activity. She's uh, Marine Corps Wife of the Year. She One year she pretty much toured military bases. Your, wait, well, your mother was Marine Corps Wife of the Year? Yeah. How old were you when that happened? Oh, I think it was uh, it wasn't like 11th grade, 12th grade. You've got a lot of respect for your mom, don't you? I do. Uh-huh. How's that affected your business career, the fact that your mother was Marine Corps Wife of the Year? Well, you know, I, I learned that, uh, you know, anything's possible, and she was one that always gave back continually to different organizations. She she was a stay-at-home mom. So you don't discriminate against women. You see people for who they are. You see them for their contribution. Yeah, and uh, actually most of the people in my office are women. Wow. <laughs> Mark, what's your next question there? So what did you take from your relationship with your mother in terms of your own ambitions and uh, anything's possible you know if you can dream it if you can see it um you can do it so give me an early example uh you know i always you know i wanted to be a rock star and you know through high school i was in a rock band and we we did dances at our high school and i was up on stage and um i was in a band for about five or six years after college and you know, I wanted to grow a business, and I saw a paving company and with a you know five or six trucks, and I said one day I'd love to own that, and now I own sixty trucks. Uh-huh. My, uh huh. Brian. Yeah, Paul, your your father was a career marine, and uh, so obviously he 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 rose up in the ranks in an institution like the Marines. But you took a route of being sort of an entrepreneur. So how did you how did you develop those skills early on to sort of put you on that career path? So he, he, while he was working in the Marine Corps, he was, um, had, would do small jobs on the side in the construction business. And I realized that was, you know, an opportunity to, to go out and build a, a business, you know, with that skill set. 
And um, what kind of business did you start? I, I was building custom homes when I first graduated. No, no, no. When you were a kid, how uh, young were you when you started making money? I had a I had a paper out and worked at McDonald's and you know I paper out from fourth grade till twelfth grade and McDonald's from as soon as you could work until you graduated. What was the thirty family thing you talked about earlier? So you know on the paper out, um, I realized the real money's in tips, and yeah. so I would make sure I got to know all the families and uh, I'd stop by and they'd, on a regular basis. You know I'd have sodas snacks whatever and you know wait a minute you're telling me you're a kid you're 11 12 years old you're delivering newspapers and you got to know the 30 families and you would stop by and you would develop a friendship with them so you would get bigger tips and you still you still know who those people are do you remember who they are yeah i'm in touch with a lot of them and um so this was this was genuine this wasn't something where you, you were trying to kiss up the people in order to get money this is really who you are in fact, here it is, 30 or 40 years later, and you're still in touch with some of these people? Yeah, really good people. From your original neighborhood? Yeah. What do you mean, really good people? Uh, you know, just genuine people with good hearts and, you know, love and respect other people. Love and respect other people. Wow, it's interesting the dimensions you look at. Uh, Julie, what are you thinking? You've, it sounds like you've done a lot to really put your, yourself out there and believe in yourself, and that's led to a lot of your success. What, have, what are you, you doing uh, now that's different to keep, keep moving and putting yourself out there? Uh, you know, striving to just continually, you know, do better. Um, one of our mantras at work is, you know, um, earn a decent profit decently. So, you know, integrity is a big part of what we're doing. I think education is important. Um, I was accepted into an a executive ed program at Harvard, which is... How, how old were you when you applied for that program? <laughs> it was only a year ago. Uh-huh. And uh, I, I did my... It's a three-year program. I did my first session. You're on campus for a month, three, three different times. Wait a minute. You decided to go back to college. Now, you're running a business with 150, 160 people, and you decided to go back to college. But you already proved yourself. Yeah, but you know what? There's always room for growth and improvement and and i have a great executive team right now that affords me the ability to be away for a month and well why don't you go to florida or something to go fishing what do you why are you going to college to have to go study and take tests and stuff like that yeah i know i'm crazy i love it what, what do you love about it uh, i'm around some of the sharpest ceos on the planet guys running businesses from 20 million to 2 billion this one guy had twenty thousand employees and then then you have some of the sharpest instructors on the planet you know, you're, you're learning how to, one, properly build your business so you can properly scale it and hopefully sell it someday. So you're telling me that you really enjoy the challenge of business. Love it. Uh, do you see yourself retiring someday? No. Well, why, why not? I thought, I thought that that was the American dream, to go make a lot of money and then, you know, go off the grid. Yeah, quality of life isn't just about money. It's about having purpose and building, building something and, and being part of a team. Wait, give me that again. Quality of life. Give me that again. What's that? What are, what's that list well, look I like? I think quality of life involves you know a few things, um, and one of them is having purpose. And I really love what I do. I love the people I work with. And you know, I look out the windows here, and most of these buildings that I'm looking at, I've done paving and concrete work at. And there's a lot of satisfaction. Huh. There's a lot of satisfaction in that in working with the team. And what was some of the other stuff that turns you on? Um purpose what's the website address of this organization of this company brotherspaving.com let me have that one more time brotherspaving.com we've been speaking with paul batista ceo and founder of brothers paving and concrete here on executive leaders radio don't forget to visit our website executiveleadersradio.com to learn more about our executive leaders we'll be back in a moment right after this break one help building your business with help from this show's ceos our ceos can help you uncover more opportunities grow your sales connect you help you raise money, all the big issues, because our CEOs have been there and done that. They've succeeded in creating millions of jobs and earning millions of dollars, and some are available to advise you. Now, email mentors at executiveleadersradio.com. That's mentors at executiveleadersradio.com. The same CEOs you've heard on this show for 10 years may be willing to help you build your business, uncover new opportunities, grow your sales, connect you, help you raise money, all the big issues, because our CEOs have been there and done that, succeeding in creating millions of jobs and earning millions of dollars, and some are available to advise you. Now, 
email mentors at executiveleadersradio.com. That's mentors at executiveleadersradio.com. And your name is? Jeff Lawson. And Jeff, what organization are you with? I'm with Lakota Hotels and Resorts. And wh- what do you guys do? What kind of stuff are you doing that's special? Well, we manage uh, conference centers and hotels, and we're currently managing the National Conference Center in Leesburg, Virginia. National Conference Center. How large or how small is this organization? Um, the conference center itself is 900 rooms in size, 350,000 square feet of meeting space, dining facilities for 850, uh, exercise facility all set on 61 acres of land. Wow, this is a large organization, isn't it? It is, very large. Uh-huh. And what's your role in the organization? I'm the general manager, and I have oversight of the uh, property and all the hospitality services that occur. Well, wh- what's the general manager supposed to do with this large facility? Make sure, I have a, make sure eight executive committee members and a, and a full uh, staff of 210 do their daily jobs. So how many folks do you have running through your halls on a weekly basis or daily basis or annual basis? What's that look like? Well, on a weekly basis on a full house, we'll have uh, 900 per night, um, seven nights, uh, 6,300, which translates to about 20,000 meals a week. Wow. And uh, your job, are you working nine to five or do you end up having to work evenings and early mornings and weekends and stuff like that? No, I'd say I'm always on duty. Uh-huh. Do you, wh- what do you enjoy about your job? Meeting people, working with some of the finest hospitality people in Virginia, which is my team, and meeting our clients because they're wonderful. So you're helping your clients plan their events? Well, we help plan. Uh, they are there for some form of education that goes on at one end of our business. And at the other end of our business, they're there for social catering events, uh, weddings and such. So you're, you're, well you're running a 24 by 7 facility, aren't you? We are. Uh-huh. What's the website address of this organization? Conferencecenter.com. Let me have that again. Conferencecenter.com. And your name again is? Jeff Lawson. And the name of the organization? Lakota Hotels and Resorts. And this has been your Business Spotlight. And your name is? Chuck Ockeltree. And Chuck, what organization are you with? The National Conference Center and West Belmont Place Event Center. Uh-huh. And what makes this organization special? The National Conference Center was built um, to be the nation's premier uh, meeting and event venue. Um, It's not a traditional hotel. Mm -hmm. So even though we have 900 guest rooms and all the services and amenities of a traditional hotel, Mm -hmm. because of our size, Mm -hmm. we're able to uh, deliver um, an environment that is very conducive to uh, learning, development. And who are your clients? Our clients are uh, many of the the corporate 100, corporate 500, as well as uh, because of our location in Leesburg, Virginia, Mm -hmm. we do a lot of business with Washington, D.C. government agencies. Mm -hmm. And what do you like about your job? What I like about uh, is we've had the opportunity to bring new leadership to the National Conference Center, blend with the tremendous service team that's built a reputation over the years uh, for great service. And uh, we've had a lot of fun um, helping our clients take advantage of the 65-acre campus. How about you personally? What what do you enjoy about your job? I enjoy that that we've uh, had a very, very very successful turnaround in Mm -hmm. uh, the two and a half years, Mm -hmm. uh, taking the National Conference Center uh, from where it was in mm-hmm. 2014 with Excellent. the new, uh, new ownership, we've literally doubled the revenue. And w- what's, so your, what's your role in the organization again? Uh, my role is Chief Marketing Officer. And what's that mean? It, good question. It means that uh, uh, we're involved with branding, mm-hmm. uh, everything to do with the sales, the marketing, the promotion, and uh, the business development. So you're actually going out there and you're actually involved with helping bring in the clients. Exactly, yes. And sir. I guess the way you're doing that is you're actually talking to a lot of the clients, making sure that you know your services are valuable. We talk to a lot of the clients and we do a lot of uh, events What's as well. What's the website address of the organization? www.conferencecenter.com. Let me have that one more time. www.conferencecenter.com. This has been your business spotlight. We're back. You're listening to Executive Leaders Radio. This is your host, Herb Cohen. We'd like to introduce Joe Basile, who's the managing partner of Spectrum Careers. Joe, what is Spectrum Careers? What are you guys doing? We're a staffing firm that specializes in finance, accounting, IT, and admin. Uh-huh. How large or how small is the firm? 30 employees, 150 consultants out in the field. And 30 employees, 150 consultants in the field. How old is the business? 21 years. At 21 years old, and you co-founded. How young were you when you co-founded this business? I was 23. 23. All right. Tell us about 8 to 14 years old. What kind of sports were you playing? Soccer and basketball. Soccer and basketball. And uh, what was your role on the basketball team? Point guard. Point guard. What was the what, what was the personality trait of that you brought to being the point guard on your basketball team when you were a kid? Uh, point guard has the ball in their hand. They're responsible for distributing to the other teammates. So leadership, I would say. 
Does that have anything to do with the role you play on the team nowadays? A lot of similarities. Like, tell us what you mean. To an extent, you have to keep everyone happy. You dictate the pace of the game. Fast, slow. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you really see a similarity between your personality trait then, playing basketball as a point guard, and what you're doing now on the team. Many similarities in managing a business, certainly. Uh-huh. Okay. Brian? Yeah. When, Joe, when did you first start making money? Early age. What's 10, happened? 11. Like a bi- some type of business that you, you started? It was. It was a lawn business. Okay. And what, what can you explain sort of how this lawn business began? It was really out of a, a want of a BMX bike. Mm-hmm. And? And my father said, well, you don't have money to pay for that. I said, well, how do I do that? So he pushed me in a lot of things. So he went out, bought a, a lawnmower, separate lawnmower, not ours, my own. Said, you owe me $200. There's a lot of lawns in the neighborhood. Go out, knock on doors, have them pay you, cut their lawn. Pay me back. And were you able to develop a, a customer base? I was. A- and how, how substantial of a base? Uh, it grew over the years. I ended up having the business for five or six years and got up to about 20 lawns and supplemented income. But most importantly, I got wait, the bike. Wait, wait, wait. How many years did you have that lawn mowing business? Six. From what age to what age? 11 to 17. That's weird for an 11 or 12-year-old to stick with something for five, six, seven years and build a business. And uh, it was more effective than working hourly. You can uh, make your own hours. Oh my you can gosh! Cut the lawns at six a.m. You can cut them at seven o'clock at night. So you were looking at business strategies when you were eleven years old. The fact that you know you I had to organize it around sports. You had to organize it around sports, but your nature's. De- Wait a minute. How'd you go about getting these customers? Knocked on doors. Some you, were neighbors. Some we didn't know. Wait a minute. Your dad helped you get these customers? No, I had to do that on my own. That wasn't part of the plan. Wasn't that frightening? No, I was always somewhat outgoing. I was always encouraged to look people and I introduce myself and be yourself. What's that have to do with what you're doing nowadays? Exactly the same thing. What do you mean? Well, when you're trying to develop clients, and I always tell our people this, don't be someone who you're not. If you are who you are and you stand for what you stand for, they're either going to like you or they're not. And if you can deliver and do a good job, you're probably going to be pretty effective. Uh Uh-huh. There's a young lady sitting next to you, I believe uh, that's Chelsea Rutherford, who's the managing partner of an organization called Capital Careers. Chelsea, wh- what's your relationship with uh, Joe Basile? Joe is on my board of directors. He's um, at my sister company. I've known him for about one year. So Joe is on your board, and you're in a similar kind of business, huh? Correct. Uh-huh. And uh, why, why did you ask him to be your, on your board? And, and, and tell us more about your relationship and why do you bother with him? I see a lot of myself in Joe. Um, what, what, what do you mean you see a lot of yourself in Joe? From the way that I think we were raised, um, our family, our personalities, and frankly, he was able to be successful doing what I love at a much younger age. So I'm kind of modeling my career after his. I'm thankful to have such a mentor. Wait a minute. You're running a completely separate business, right? Correct. Uh, so Joe, you got involved with helping another entrepreneur get up and running and started, and you're acting as a mentor for this other entrepreneur for Chelsea? I am. Yes. Uh-huh. Do you feel like a dad or an older brother? or what, <laughs> What's the relationship here? What's going on? Well, we just we saw a lot of uh, opportunity with Chelsea and a lot of what we were able to accomplish, and we want to support the industry, and we want those types of individuals what kind of individuals what do you mean driven energetic positive honest wait a minute i thought the idea of building a business is you wanted control that doesn't sound to me like who you are though it sounds to me like where where am i mistaken what's 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 the truth here well i think as you're trying to develop your organization you have to let a majority of that control go as you grow and chelsea's a natural extension of that and we just had a lot of confidence in her. Mm-hmm. Mark, what are you thinking? So when you were a teenager, where were you in the pecking order with your friends? Uh, I would say I was one of the leaders, but I tended to spend my time with a lot of people in sports that were just as competitive as I was. So, so outside sports, you said you were a leader. Give us some examples. Well, my parents taught me, again, treat people the way you want to be treated. Simple golden rule. Uh, so you try to lead by example and their mantra which we kind of carry into business today is leave others better than you found them and that's what we try and do at spectrum and that's what we try and do leave other give me that again leave others better than you found them wait what are you talking about i read the newspapers business is about suing people and crippling people and tossing people aside what are you talking about 
Well, my thought was always, if you can leave an employee better, a client better, a candidate better, if you can improve them, that's going to come back to you in spades. And that's what we try and do with our clients and everyone else will become involved with. Where did that come from in your childhood? My parents. What are you talking about? They drove it home. If you were mean to someone, I'll never forget, it was actually basketball practice. I was probably nine years old and my dad was coaching the team. I thought I was this great player. I kind of made fun of another kid. My dad picked me up by my collar, took me outside, essentially said, walk home. You can't treat people that way. If you're going to treat people that way, you're not going to play on my team. You still remember that? Oh, yeah. What's that have to do with building a business? Well, I think it comes down to how you treat people. If you think you're better or you're worse, that has nothing to do with anything. It's how you, how Chelsea, you treat people. did you know this about him when you started doing business with him? It's one of the reasons that attracted me to the partnership. My kind of goal was to always be a value add with whatever conversation that I'm having with a candidate, a client just out in the market. Um, I like to leave them better than I found them as well. So you're telling me that you and Joe share similar values. Correct. Uh-huh. How long have your parents been married? 35 years. Joe, how long have your parents been married? 50. So well, you 50 got, in August. We were talking earlier about all the similarities you guys see in each other, and it sounds like you really enjoy working with each other. We do. Absolutely. And honestly, that was one of the first things we talked about, that whole statement, leave people better than, better than when you found them. We kind of connected on that right off the bat. Mm-hmm. All right. Julie, what are you thinking? As a sports guy, you'll probably appreciate an article that I recently read that had a quote from Roger Staubach, who led the Cowboys. Big to real estate guy. To, to, and, to, and a big football player. And one of the things he says about winning is that it's, it's not about beating other people, but it's about getting ahead of yourself. So how do you get ahead of yourself? <laughs> Roger Staubach is one of the greatest of all time. Yeah. an interesting statement. I think in terms of getting ahead of yourself, always striving to be better is the best way to put it. You're never going to actually be the best because it's probably unattainable, but you can always strive to do better and be better. Huh. How about that? Um, let me ask you a question. Chelsea, if we were doing a good interview on Joe, what would I be asking him right now? What else should the audience know about Joe Basile? I think the audience should know that he goes above and beyond with his relationships that that's not already apparent from the conversation. He does a lot in the community. He, you know, not only from his internal staff, but he takes a chance to develop others um, in a very hands-on manner that it goes just above and beyond what would be asked of him. When, when you say he, he, he helps develop relationships, what are you talking about there? What do you mean by that? Well, I would mean mine personally, because um, it still is, it's a bit of a risk. He has a good gut feeling. He's been doing this for a long time, but it's still a risk. And so, you know, going above and beyond as opposed to just a partner in funding, it's how can I help you? How can I grow you? What do you need from me? Wait a minute. So Joe provided funding for your business, but it's not just the money that Joe's bringing to the party. It's what else? It's it's day-to-day coaching. It's mentorship. Um, there are highs and lows that come with any business, but I think especially in staffing, you feel some of that. Um, so just the ability to sometimes have someone to remind you to be persistent. Um, it's a long, it's a long game. Joe, what have you learned from Chelsea? Uh, she's been energizing. Uh, it's, it's great to have kind of youth around and someone as young as she is being entrepreneurial and trying to get things off the ground, but you learn things from everybody and Chelsea has a great demeanor. She has a different way with clients from time to time and has kind of an attitude that's been great for our organization just as an example so you really got you guys really enjoy the relationship you have we with do. each other we do it's great having her so it's not just the money it's the relationship you guys really enjoy correct it makes it fun it's better than the alternative uh-huh so you're telling me there could be fun in business so you can make money and have fun and really enjoy the game together i think That's so the goal. Yeah. Huh, how interesting. What, what's, the, uh, what's the website address of this organization called Spectrum Careers? SpectrumCareers.com. And uh, how, how do you spell that? Let me have that spelling. S-P-E-C-T-R-U-M-C-A-R-E-E-R-S.com. We've been speaking with Joe Basile, managing partner of Spectrum Careers. And Chelsea, what's the uh, website address of your organization? CapitalCareers.com. CapitalCareers.com. And uh, this is Herb Cohen with Executive Leaders Radio. We'll be back in a moment right after this break. I'm Tina Leone. I'm the CEO of the Boston Business Improvement District. And what is the Boston 
business improvement district? We work to attract, support, and connect the most compelling, creative, and ambitious minds in our region. Boston is known as an epicenter for research and discovery. Uh, some of the greatest things that are invented, such as the MRI, the barcode, the internet, the first satellite, all were either conceived, funded, or developed by organizations here in Boston. How, how old is this organization? We're just, just shy of six years old. How long have you been there? How long have you been uh, there? Almost six years as well. Did you found this organization? Yes, I, I am the founding CEO. Why did you do that? Well, the, the, the organization actually came about uh, by the commercial property owners in why, Boston. Why, why, why does it turn you on? Why does your gig turn you on? <laughs> people. I mean, we the, the, the ability to connect people, and then who knows the next group great idea is going to result from that. We have incredible minds in the Washington, D.C. area, and Boston is, as I said, the epicenter for the smartest people in this area. So your job, you're like the master connector. I feel like the mayor of, of Boston, the mayor of innovation, because that's uh -huh. what's happening. So your idea, your, your thought is in order to create more stuff, in order to launch more businesses, in order to cause more good, it's a matter of connecting exactly. the right people. Exactly. And you like being in the middle of all that I, stuff. Oh, we love it. We love it. And simple things, just connecting people through events through art, uh, through a happy hour. Mm -hmm. You don't know what's going to come out of that. Mm -hmm. That's what's exciting. So it's all about the people. And you're the uh, you're the founder of this organization. Is this a nine-to-five kind of job oh, for you? Oh, hell no. It's a lot longer uh -huh. than that, baby. So do you have to, you have to work the weekends and stuff yeah, like that? Yeah, sure, sure. Let me have the website address of this sure, organization. Sure, it's bostonbid.com, and, and you can download the Boston Connect mobile app. Let me have, uh, let me have that website address one more bostonbid.com. time. bostonbid.com. It's B-A. Give me the spelling on that. B-A-L-L-S-T-O-N-B-I-D.com. Mm -hmm. Excellent. Your name again is? Tina Leone. And the name of the organization is the Boston Business Improvement District. And this has been your business spotlight back in a moment. And your name is? Ray Briscuso. And Ray, what organization are you with? Life Sciences Conference Group. And what is Life Sciences Conference Group? What do you folks do? We produce annual conferences and events for medical technology, life science, pharmaceutical companies. Uh-huh. So if I go to an event, you're the folks that are working behind the scenes to make it happen? That's correct. We're yeah. the ones that make sure the food's on the table, the seats are there, soundstage and lights are there, your registration process works. And, and what kind of events are these? Are these just in the life science industry? Strictly in the life science industry. Why, why do you focus on the life science industry? Uh, we found that the best way to produce a high-quality event is to really know your customer. So we don't believe in numbers. It's names. We get to know each company. We find out what their actual mission and goals are, and we find the best way to deliver the value to them. And are you doing this nationally or regionally? We do it nationally. We continue to look for international opportunities, but it's primarily here in North America. And how old is this company? Uh, the company has just finished its 10th year. And how long have you been with the company? I founded the company 10 years ago. What gave you the idea to start this company? I used to work for a big corporation, and I produced the annual event for us. And when I decided to leave, they said, thank you for giving us $150 million worth of a business, and we'll see you later. Mm -hmm. Next time, I decided I would keep some ownership and do it myself. Ah, so you've been, building, you've been building this ever since. What do you like about your job? I like how different it is because we mix policy, we mix business. I might be putting one CEO together with a politician. I might be putting another CEO together with an investor. Mm -hmm. And I might be putting the next person together with the next employee. How interesting. Well, what's the website address for this organization? MedTechConference.org. Let me have that one more time. MedTechConference.org. And the name of the organization again is? Well, Life Sciences Conference Group. Life Sciences Conference Group. And your name is? Ray Briscuso. Ray Briscuso. We've been talking to Ray Briscuso, CEO and managing partner of Life Sciences Conference Group here on Executive Leaders Radio. This has been your business spotlight. One help building your business with help from the show's CEOs? Our CEOs can help you uncover more opportunities, grow your sales, connect you, help you raise money, all the big issues because our CEOs have been there and done that, succeeding in creating millions of jobs and earning millions of dollars. And some are available to advise you. Now, email mentors at executiveleadersradio.com. That's mentors at executiveleadersradio.com. The same CEOs you've heard on the show for 10 years may be willing to help you build your business, uncover new opportunities, grow your sales, connect you, help you raise money, all the big issues because our CEOs have been there and done that. Succeeding in creating millions of jobs and earning millions of dollars. Some of the CEOs who have appeared on our shows over the last 10 years may be willing to help you grow, assuming you've ser you're serious about your success, serious about your own success, because it all starts with the leader. If you're serious about creating your own successful business or truly committed to putting your nose to the grindstone and doing whatever it takes to make your business successful, we may be able to match you with successful CEOs who have created millions of jobs and earned millions of dollars to help you create your success. 
We've established unique relationships with unique universe of over 7,000 CEOs who have created substantial wealth for their companies, their teams, and themselves. These women and men get the build in their blood and often continue to start and build businesses even after they've created substantial wealth for themselves because they love the challenge of building a business. Perhaps we can present you and your business to some of these CEOs to gain their interest in helping you. Now, email mentors at executiveleadersradio.com. That's mentors at executiveleadersradio.com to hopefully match you with some of the CEOs we've had on the show for the last 10 years. Mentors at executiveleadersradio.com. We're back. You're listening to Executive Leaders Radio. This is your host, Herb Cohen. We'd like to introduce Joe De Palma, who's co-founder and partner of Punch Digital Strategies. Joe, what is Punch Digital Strategies? What are you guys doing? Punch is a full-service digital creative agency. We do branding, marketing, and interactive design. And how large or how small is this team? 15 people. And how old is the company? Three and a half years. And you co-founded it. And where are you from originally? Boston originally, but grew up in Northern Virginia. Uh-huh. What was going on with you 8 to 14 years old? 8 to 14 years old, I was working uh, my first job uh, at 14. How about, uh, the, how about with mom and dad? Mom and dad were uh, in the beginning stages of a divorce. Um, how old were you? Parents uh, got separated at 7 and divorced at 10. So you were 10 years old when your parents got divorced. And how'd that make you feel and what'd that do to you back then? Um, you know, it was it was extremely tough. Uh, it was a lot of chaos in the house. Um, you know, I would a way around that chaos and to find a little more balance and control. I would go to my room and I and I would draw. Wait, wait, wait. So there was chaos in the house. And how many brothers and sisters do you have? Two sisters. I'm the middle child. So you got two sisters. You're the middle child. And what would you do to find solace or? What yeah, you, you well, you, there was you know your parents argue. They're obviously not meant to be together so you kind of remove yourself from the situation and you did that by going up to your room and drawing yeah drawing doodling you know that was kind of my my passion what were you drawing uh i was into comic books so comic book characters you know stuff uh-huh. like that kind of mimicking what they were doing uh-huh uh-huh um you think that has anything to do with what you're doing nowadays well uh i went to school for graphic design so uh yeah it led right into my design career uh-huh brian what are you thinking well, how did you really get into the idea of marketing and digital marketing? Where did that come from? Well, uh, it was a sign of the times. Uh, I was classically trained in print, but we evolved into a digital era. era. So moving into website design, development, user experience uh, was just a natural progression of you know uh, my career and, and my skill set. Well, well, how did marketing attract you? Well, the idea is, you know, in design, you're designing, designers design for themselves, but in marketing, you're you're, you're designing with a goal. You know, the, at the end of the day is clients uh, uh, are looking for some return and I'm gonna give them return by giving great design, great user experience, uh, great interaction with their website so that they can grow their business, get sales, um, and continue to grow. Now what, what, what aspect of, I guess, the fusion between, between your creativity and the marketing that you really really appeals to you? Is it the idea that you can sort of perceive the objective of your clients and then try to focus your creativity towards that end? Yeah, I think it's more of, a, if, you, if you own a business uh, or you're part of a business, there's something about your business that's made it's, it's successful. So it's our job, or my job as a designer, as a creative, a marketer, to kind of bring that to the light so the public can see it. See it. We don't want to make you anything that you're not. We want to show people who you are so that you can thrive. Mm-hmm. Mark, what are you thinking? So you're a creative person and you, you said you started your creativity came from your early life and it was a retreat. How do you take that very inward looking creativity and today you've just talked about how outward you are. You're talking to other people about their ideas. How do you connect that? Well, th- being creative is just a part of who you are. Uh, I'll always continue to create. I'm a co-founder of a company, but uh, I'm very active in the creative role. So uh, it's not only do I manage other designers, other creatives, but I'm, I'm actually doing the design as well. I'm designing websites, I'm designing logos, I'm doing all of that. So it's kind of this kind of continuous process that helps my business grow and helps me grow and stay sharp as a Do you enjoy creative. bringing out creativity in your, in your clients? Yeah, it's crea- creativity in my clients, having them understand it, it's super, 
it's hard to be objective with creative. Everybody, you like blue, I like green, you know, so everybody has a different perspective. But also bringing that out in, uh, you know, our staff. You know, you want to bring out the best in them. You want them to not only do what they love, but, you know, you want their design to win. You know, you have to teach them how to, hey, this is the right direction for uh, uh, this design to go, for this company to move forward in, and you're doing that through your creative outlet. So, so would you say you're teaching them to think outside the box? <laughs> yes, very much so, yeah, exactly. Julie, what, what are you thinking, Julie? To build a great team, especially in digital media, takes the, pe the right people who know what they're doing, but also people who have a, a strong enough emotional intelligence so they can get along with people inside and outside of the company. How, how have you been able to do that? Yeah, uh, naturally creatives tend to be more introverted. So, um, you know, finding those creatives that can not only put their heads in the books, but can also, like I said before, explain why their design is, is the winning design. Uh, personality in every business is is 75% of the battle. Do you want to sit next to this person? Do you want this person to be in front of clients? Do you want them to be a part of the team, help you know really steer the course of your business being such a small company? Can you notice a difference as you've grown the company in, in ability to attract the right people? Um, as you grow, the larger you get, the more challenging it becomes. More more personalities brings just more uh, more challenge more challenges. Um, there's a part of every company that wants to grow. Um, I definitely want to grow, but we also want to stay in the sweet spot because we want to keep that personality balance. Those what, are what do you mean by a sweet spot? What are you talking about? Well, there's a sweet spot I think in in every sort of corporation or business. Uh, in the boutique agency life. Uh, you know, around 20 people, you're, you're, you're going to deal with the A-team all the time. Um, so the personalities are not only a part of the brand, they're helping sell your company, they're the people that are in front of the clients. So you never want to sell a service and then bring in the B-team. You always want to have the A-team there. That's interesting. So you believe that the key to your success are the, are the other teammates? A thousand percent. As opposed to your own sp abilities specifically. Nope. It's it exactly. It's who it, it's who you surround yourself with. They're they they're driving the country. The company. Uh -huh. How'd you get so sensitive to that idea that it's it's everybody else, not you? Well, um, you know. That must be really disturbing when mom and dad were arguing. And you had to go up to your room, considering how sensitive you are to other people. What's the website address of this organization? Um, it's addsomepunch.com. Let me have that one more time. Addsomepunch.com. We've been speaking with Joe DePalma, co-founder and partner of Punch Digital Strategies here on Executive Leaders Radio. We've also had the opportunity of speaking with, starting with Crystal Eisenhower, CEO of Aperio Mix. Then, secondarily, Paul Batista, CEO and founder of Brothers Paving and Concrete. Joe Basile, managing partner of Spectrum Careers, and most recently, Joe DePalma, co-founder and partner of Punch Digital Strategies, as well as our spotlight guests, Jennifer Rose, executive director of Central Fairfax Chamber of Commerce, and Chelsea Rutherford, managing partner of Capital Careers. I'd like to thank my co-hosts, Brian Chandler, Pretoria Law, Julie Matt Cressa, and Mark Edward, Hertzbach and Company, for giving me a hand structuring to questions, hopefully providing our listening audience an educational and entertaining show. I'd like to thank our listening audience for listening Otherwise, we wouldn't have a radio show. Don't forget to visit our website, executiveleadersradio.com, to learn more about our executive leaders. And what is the website address for Pretori Law? It's Pretori Law, P-R-O-T-O-R-A-E, law, C-O-O.com. Excellent. Thank you for joining us today, and have a nice day. Bye-bye. Thank you for tuning in. You've been listening to Executive Leaders Radio, the region's premier radio show highlighting local executive leaders. We hope you've enjoyed the show here on 1500 AM. You can learn more about Executive Leaders Radio by visiting executiveleadersradio.com or tune in next time right here on 1500 AM. That's executiveleadersradio.com.